Now, I took the last two sessions to just try to give us big picture stuff about the prophets, right? This is a huge section of the Old Testament, one that a lot of us struggle to understand, okay? So, what's going on? The prophetic books give us God's commentary and thoughts and insight and perspective on the story that we read about from Genesis to Kings. Now, if we ask, okay, the prophets themselves, like what... What's their main message? What are they preaching? We just say, well, they're preaching the same thing Moses preached. They're, they come right in the line of Moses and they preach the same stuff that's in Deuteronomy. Obey God from the heart. And then they preach Deuteronomy 27 to 30 about the curses, the threats of exile, and the promise that one day on the other side of all this judgment, God is going to do something amazing and he's going to change the hearts of his people and bring them back. This is what they preach, okay? Say, well, really? Like, wh where do you see that? Okay, I want to I give one example. We'll look at the book of Jeremiah, that 52-chapter book. We're just going to look at a little bit of it, but try to see what I'm suggesting here will help you in all of the prophets, okay? So Jeremiah, uh, I'll just pick up in chapter 3. So Jeremiah chapter 3. We're going to read just different verses, and we'll try to think about, okay, this is what God's feeling. This is what he's seeing. This Here you see the message that the prophets are preaching and so forth. All right. So Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 6. The Lord said to me, to Jeremiah, in the days of King Josiah. So even when it was pretty good, right? Because Josiah was a pretty good, was an awesome king, actually. God says to Jeremiah, have you seen what she did, that faithless one, Israel? Have you seen, Jeremiah, what Israel did? Remember, Israel, by Josiah's day, has been destroyed. Did, did you see what she did? How she went up and, and played the whore, which is to say she, she committed spiritual adultery everywhere. She gave herself to all these false gods. How did God think about that? What, like, what did he feel? How did he think about this? Verse 7, And I thought, this is God saying, this is what I thought when I saw her doing all this throughout Israel's history. I thought, after, after she's done all this, she'll come back to me. But she didn't. That's what God thought. She'll come back. But she didn't. And her treacherous sister Judah, the southern kingdom, saw not only what Israel did, but Judah got to see what I did to Israel. How I thrust Israel out of the land. How I sent her away for all her disobedience to me. All her unfaithfulness. And you would have thought, that Judah would have listened and learned. And Judah didn't learn at all. You read on. Judah did the same stuff, committing spiritual adultery wherever she went. She did not return to me with her whole heart. And so then God says to Jeremiah, so go and proclaim to the north, to Israel, which is already like gone, right? The northern kingdom is long gone. And say, return faithless Israel to me and I won't look at you with anger for I am merciful verse 13 only acknowledge your guilt that you really did rebel against me return and I'll give you shepherds after my own heart I'll bring you back I'll bring you back to me to Jerusalem and and then there's hope verse 17 at that time when you turn back to me and I do a work in your heart, at that time Jerusalem will be called the throne of the Lord and all the nations will gather to it. 
and and they'll no more stubbornly follow their own evil hearts. In those days, the house of Judah will join the house of Israel. They'll be reunited, and together they'll come from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers. There'll be restoration. This is exactly what Deuteronomy preached. Return to me with all your heart, and there's hope for you if you'll come back. Okay? Jeremiah chapter 4. Does this sound familiar? Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. Thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and remove the foreskin of your hearts, lest my wrath go forth like fire. Do you remember that? Circumcise your hearts. That was the message of Deuteronomy, and it is the message of the prophets. You need heart transformation because you have to love God from your heart. Jeremiah 4 verse 14. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from evil that you may be saved. But again, how are, we, how are they supposed to do that? What if they wanted to say, yeah, I wish I could. I feel the evil in my heart. I wish I could. Wash my heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 1. I mean, think of this picture, Jeremiah 17. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with a point of a diamond. Their sin is engraved on the tablet of their hearts. What's written on the hearts of God's people? Jeremiah knows it. God knows it. Moses knew it. It's sin. It's engraved on the human heart. And yet the prophets preach like Moses did. You need a, That's why you need a new heart change your hearts and but but the question is how how can we change our hearts jeremiah 17 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it and yet it is god says in the next verse i the lord search the heart and we feel like how is it possible then to ever please the lord if this is the condition of the human heart and god knows the human heart. We don't know it, but God does. How do you make sense of this? This is the same struggle we had in Deuteronomy. It's right there in the prophets, in Jeremiah as well. Calling for heart obedience, calling for heart transformation. But the question is, how can we get new hearts? But then, if you keep reading in Jeremiah, and you read, for example, in Jeremiah chapter 29, even though they're in exile or headed to exile, there's hope. Because this is what God said back in Deuteronomy. So in Jeremiah chapter 29, God warns the people in verse 8 not to listen to false prophets who would deceive them. God says, I didn't send them, but here's what I promised to do. Jeremiah 29 verse 10, maybe it'll make more sense than one of our first sessions. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, when 70 years of exile have happened down in Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise. And I'm going to bring you back to your land. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future 
and a hope. And then you'll call on me and pray to me. That's Deuteronomy. And in, by Jeremiah's day, remember where it ends? The 37th year of the exile. And what is Jeremiah preaching? We're here because of our rebellion, but God's not done with us yet. Because after 70 years, God's going to do something to bring us back and fulfill his promises. And this is what you read about throughout other portions of Jeremiah. Like Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 14. Behold, the days are coming when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. Verse 17, For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. God's not done with his promises to David. He's not done with his people. And then you say, but how's God going to do all this? How's, he gonna, how's it going to be any different among his people? If they come back and they've got the same hearts, like what? the same things are going to happen again, right? But then here's the key. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Jeremiah 31, 31 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt. For this is the covenant I'll make with them. I will put my law within them and I will write my laws on their hearts. Remember what Jeremiah preached? He said, sin is engraved on the tablet of your heart and God says, I'm going to write something different on the hearts of my people. I'm going to put my laws on their heart and nobody's going to have to say, you got know the Lord, know the Lord, because one day they're all going to know me, God says, and I'm going to forgive their sins and I'm going to remember their iniquities no more. This is what Moses predicted would happen. They would go into exile and on the other side of exile, God would finally give the people the hearts that they always needed. There would be a person here and there in Israel who would trust in the Lord and God would change their hearts. But the nation always had the problem of stubborn, rebellious, deceitful hearts. And now God is saying, after 70 years, I'm going to come and I'm going to do what I promised. There's hope for you. I'm not done with David's line. I'm not done with you. I'm going to change your hearts so you can finally know me and love me from the heart. And this is what you see in the prophets. God's commentary on the story and the call of the prophets to heart obedience, to heart transformation. And it's the preaching of Deuteronomy 27 to 30. There's curses if you disobey. There's exile for disobedience. But on the other side, God's going to do something because he's not done with David and he's not done with us yet.